The National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. Specialist guests telling us things we don't know about Telling us things we have never done Things we have never seen and will never do Specialist guests telling us things we don't know about Telling us things we have never done Things we have never seen and will never do Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm good. Oh, thank you for doing this. David's just coming. We're very excited to hear about uh, Faulty Towers and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's a like... long, long time ago. Uh, what, what year was it? Uh, I think it was 74. 74. I'm not sure. I was at the Beeb in black and white days because uh, I think I joined in 67. Right. And, of course, we were black and white then till about... I think 68, 69. What was the, sorry, this is David, this is Tony. Hi, Tony. Oh, that, hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you, Tony. <laughs> I can't. You're making me feel like I'm, a celebrity. And you I'm are, a, to us, you vet well. Well, you are. <laughs> um, what was it like going, transitioning from black and white to colour? Was it like mayhem? Was it like Y2K? It was, it was unbelievable and you wouldn't believe it nowadays. A lot of things that happened back then, people... They think I'm spinning stories or I'm making it up. But the problem with colour was getting the flesh tones right. So you would have people coming in volunteering and they'd have their whole face dark green (laughs) or orange or whatever. And then they'd try and play with uh, the tubes to make it balance and be the right colour. Wow. And the other thing that happened with the color televisions, they a lot of them came from Japan, and the flesh tones were different in Japan to here. So right. they would add orange or add blue to the face, all sorts of stuff. Sounds like it was more hassle than it was worth. Well, yeah, but color was like a big <laughs> deal. I, I saw color come in. I saw Dolby come in. I got HD come in. I directed the first ever HD transmission by accident. What was that? 
the very first thing we did at Sky in HD was a thing showing how wonderful HD was. And it was shown to two groups of people. They all had to arrive very early. They were taken to Jimmy's restaurant in Soho. Right. Uh, and because above Jimmy's restaurant was John Logie Baird's office. Oh, right. And that's where the first ever television transmission was from, which oh, right. was uh, the office above Jimmy's restaurant. So you saw, oh, I see. So you sort of like, this is, this is where TV was. Yeah, uh, and when they went into Jimmy's, where... we'd got a lot of monitors with natural history stuff on it. So oh. it looked stunning. Then Good. they were all walk around the corner to, oh, what's that club? There's a club around the corner. Groucho Club. Oh, the Groucho. We've been in there once. It didn't yeah, go well. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were taken yeah. to the Groucho Club, and it was in there that we actually did the talk and played the uh, the videos. But the problem was the equipment was so new and it was so delicate that once you'd had a rehearsal and you'd you'd played the tapes and given the chats uh, because it was James Murdoch doing the talking. Um, the minute we finished, we had to stop. And then back at uh, Sky, they had to reboot everything and hope it played correctly for the actual for the actual meeting. Okay. Um, it all went well. The chair price rocketed, and I didn't <laughs> lose my job. But <laughs> what was your what was your what was your job through at the BBC and so on? And how did you sort of get onto Forty Towers and stuff? Uh, basically, it was uh, production. They called them. They called first ADs or senior floor managers production assistants then. Right. But, of course, I know production wow. assistants as the, the very clever ladies that do the timings and call the timings and call the shots. So you were senior floor manager on 40 Towers for five yeah. episodes? Okay, right. <laughs> David, just Tony, a little I adore 40 Towers, and I've, it's like a little magical world. I only world. did the first six. Oh, my God. I was asked to do the second six, but I took something else. Wow. I feel like you've got a little key into a magical kingdom. <laughs> <that> I... <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing this job for 60 years now. How old? Right. Wait, Joe, we wrote loads of questions down, so I don't want to sort of miss yeah, any. No, of... no, no, it's okay. 77. You're 77. No, we got, well, we got 77 questions, to be fair. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And I've only, the weird thing working? is... I've only just finished working with John Cleese on a series of six one-hour chats called the Dino Hour. Oh, right. you just done that recently? Yeah, yeah. I did that in May and June. It's being transmitted this coming Sunday at 9 o'clock. And I think the first one is Friends. He was, uh, he was given the brief that he could film whatever he wanted with whomever he wanted, wherever he wanted. I don't oh. think anybody in television land's been told that. Yeah, and and so you have you worked with him on lots of stuff then? Is he? No, he, no, oh, no. I worked with him on randomly. the first series of Forty Towers. I was asked to do the second series, but I turned it down because I was asked to go and do the Voyage of the Beagle, sailing all the way around South America on a replica ship, going to all the places. Darwin. Yeah, I get that. That's, that's and a, I couldn't turn that down. That's a sweet. So you worked on Forty Towers, then you had a bit of a gap. And then you worked with John Cleese again last few months. Yeah. So haven't done anything in between. No. <laughs> okay, that's weird. We've gone in totally different directions. Did you say, remember me from Forty Towers? 
He re- well, apparently he said he remembered me, but maybe I'm quite loud. <laughs> <laughs> right, David, do you want to dig? So the, we, oh. I just to warn you, Tony, David's going to dig into very. Can you can you send over the deeper. questions, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got some answers here. Maybe they'll match. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think. I think some of my questions might test your patience, Tony. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> right. No, no, it will. Trust no, us. it will. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, okay. David wanted. I'm going to. So, how, how did you get? How did you get end up on Forty Towers? What was the? Uh, process? Well, yeah. How old I were you? I worked in studio management, and studio management um, sourced all the floor managers, AF, ASMs. Uh, etc. for all of light entertainment. They didn't cover drama. Drama had their own stuff. But we would cover light entertainment, um, further education, religious programs, some sports. And basically I'd done I'd done a reasonable amount of light entertainment before that and I got the gig. But then I was quite young. I think I was the initially I was the youngest uh PA floor manager in the Beeb at the time. Really? I, think I got the job at 24 or 25. 20, which so is for people who don't know what your role what what is the floor manager for people well, who don't on on this it wasn't floor manager, it was PA because basically what happens is that you would join the production team, you'd be in the office, you'd get the scripts and you would then break the script down. You'd go through every single page, working out how much was location, how much was studio, how many extras, how many staff. And basically, I'd have a huge set of boards with each scene across the top, and then vertically going down be the name of the cast, the names of the extras, the props that were required, the costume that was required, all these kind of things. So you could cross-reference and make sure you had everything for every scene. Because on a show like that, you haven't got time to stop, really. No. We very rarely, we we would go segue straight the way through if we could, which is very important for an audience. Yeah. Yeah, right. So they keep their, keeps their interest sort of thing. So basically, it was a sort of ra- randomness to you at getting the job. So you, you kind of, they like, are you available? It wasn't like you read the script and was like, oh, this is amazing. I want to work no, with you. No, sort no, of got, basically, I was permanent new... staff. My deputy head of department called me in. We'd have a chat and he'd say, this is going. Would you like to do it? Yeah, I'd love to do it. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, but then I wouldn't be offered that in the first place if the producer director didn't like the sound of me and the work I'd already done. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Right. And did you read, and this, sorry, I'm helping David's question. Yeah, but... this is annoying me actually, Joe. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> did you, when you read the scripts, what did you think of them? I thought it was great. So you knew uh, it was going to be I've brilliant. worked on probably four or five things in my life where you got a kind of buzz and you had a feeling it would work. Really? What were the uh, others? And that was one of them. Another was Klosh Merle. Um, the, yeah, the, the, there have been a few where you, not many. I mean, I've been doing this for 60 years, so four or five isn't many. I mean, no. a lot of of the mill things I knew would work well, but this one I did get a buzz from. Oh, you thought, right, so you really did think it was special. Bloody hell. Do you want you me to aware? go through a few bits? Yeah. 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 Oh, Tony, t- are you kind of... 
I know you worked on it, but are you sort of grateful that you had that experience? Oh, yeah, it? and I do feel quite angry about what's happened to the BBC since then. You know, the, I, I feel that various people have devalued it since then. I felt that when I left in about 1990 and went over to Sky, I felt very proud of what I'd done. Yeah. I'd done some phenomenal. I mean, I'd I'd worked all over South America on Darwin. I'd been in the Arctic with Amundsen's race across the South South Pole. Wow. I'd done uh, Closhmal. Yeah, I felt very proud of what I'd done, and it and and the whole industry held the BBC up as you know basically a training centre and place to poach good stuff from. Yeah, uh, and and since then the various things that have happened there have kind of devalued it and. I, I I feel very sad about that. I mean, I I do understand that Telly Center wasn't up to date and would cost a fortune yes. to reboot, yes. and we also needed to, you know, go into the provinces. But I just feel that it's been handled very badly for quite a few years. Well, you just don't think they're putting out as the same sort of quality or having the, sort of they're not the people that set in the I bar. I don't think anywhere is, but then I don't think people are brave. I mean, I was working with John and he was talking about a few things. He reckons there's no way on God's earth 40 towers would get commissioned today. And he wasn't talking about any of the, the anti-racist stuff. Yeah. He was just, he just thinks that, that what red tape. People and aren't stuff. brave anymore. That right. Basically what happens now, instead of, I, I can't remember who it I think it was Michael Mills. He went, he had a meeting with Michael Mills. And Michael Mills said, uh, what do you want to do? And he told him, and he went, oh, good, okay, uh, make six. Yeah. Nowadays, you'd send it off to a committee of 30 different people. Right, they'd yeah. have meetings, sub-meetings. Yeah. We want agree. to change it this way and that way. And at the end, you'd end up with, you'd end up making something that you hadn't written. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different world. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are not brave. It's it's a kind of too many cooks thing, isn't it? Maybe yeah. I think so. I think so. There's also the fear of doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are very scared. So, there, so there was no pi- there was no sort of pilot thing. There, there was it. Mate, they've when, done when... one. They've done one just before I arrived. They made a pilot. Yeah, but that pilot then went out in the first six, I think. I can't oh, remember which one it was, right. but that's my theme. I mean, we're going back 50 years. But I do remember that the location of the hotel, which wasn't, everybody thinks it was in Torquay. It was burnt in down, Bourne. didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was in Bourne End, yeah. yeah. The weird thing is, I thought it was supposed to burn down the following week. <laughs> <laughs> it's now, quite amazingly, a set of houses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I Google it a lot, probably once every six months. Well, it was a weird place because I turned up to book it for the film. Oh, my God, place. you went there? Shit. Oh, yeah, 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 we had to go there to film, didn't we? Yeah, I know, but I can't believe this, Tony. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I go there and it was... a. It was a Monday morning. I got there at 10.30, quarter to 11, knocked on the door, and the cleaner answered the oh door. Oh, my God. And she said, oh, right. She said, the, the boss is around. I'll send him up. Go up to the boardroom, which is directly above oh reception. So I go up to the boardroom, and I walk in, and the boardroom table is about 12 foot long, and it's piled to about three feet high with 50s, 20s, 10s, 5s, and 10 shilling notes. Huge pile of money. So I stood with my back hard against the wall because I didn't want him to think we'd I'd take a couple of handfuls. <laughs> well, what they all money. <laughs> Is it a front for something? 
Uh, Were you in the middle of a drug smuggling room or something? <laughs> well, no, no, but it was well dodgy because I think it was the kind of place you could rent rooms by the hour. Oh, gotcha. Wow. Oh, gotcha. You're right, because at Sky, we had a really great rigger who really knew his stuff, who used to go there as a kid with his dad, and his dad was the bouncer with security there. No. And he, he said two, he remembers two things happening there. One day he was walking along behind this Arab bloke and the Arab had dropped one of his chips. Right. And he picked the chip up and went up to the Arab guy and went, here, mate, you dropped this. And he said, oh, it's all right, keep it. It was 10 grand. Wow. What? The other thing that happened was wow. there was a Jaguar. Gambling party. chips, not. Yeah, yeah, gambling. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was going <laughs> to say, why is he picking up the chips? It wasn't chip? cotton chips. No, yeah, no, was, no, I have to admit, I thought, we, I thought we had a massive problem then. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't understand what's Tony, going on. Sorry, Tony. I've got to... Right, what was that building? What was it? Was it a nightclub? Was it, it... it was basically uh, a club where you could gamble, you could hire a room, uh, you could take... Uh, what's a sweet little hotel? It had that kind of feel about Did it. Did any of the interiors match no, any we, of that? we only used the exterior. All right. The can, exterior can I ask... One question, Tony. When you're looking at location, you, did you find the location or did someone else? No, uh, the location was found when they were doing the the pilot. Right, because you go. I'm always intrigued because some someone's got to have a brain to go. That's that can look like a little sweet little hotel, even though it's like a yeah. den of of iniquity at the moment. Yeah, it that looked, looked like it a, looked right, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it's but perfect. I, but I'm a bit like, what do you mean? It was a casino, and it's a sweet little. It's a sweet no, little it wasn't a sweet little hotel. It's a, it is, it is, it is. <laughs> In actual fact, I'll, I'll tell you another story. That that rigger, um, he told me one day his dad was there and all hell broke out because a guy had pulled up in a Jaguar and was sitting in his Jaguar and a guy stepped out of the bushes with a sawn-off shotgun and blew his head off. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then they found out he'd killed the wrong guy because he was it was a hitman to top someone and he'd shot the wrong guy. That happened. So next time I'm watching Forty Towers, that's all I'm and they see the front. Oh, sorry, man. And it, and it says, <laughs> what, what, David, what were one of the things that the sign says out the front? Yeah, like you know, Forty Towers. Oh yeah, that, well, yeah. I'll be spent... thinking someone had their brains blown out just behind that sign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, <laughs> Tony. Yeah. That sign, obviously. It wasn't a sign, was it? You stuck it there. We, we, no, they were loose letters, and we we would. But was it a sign? Them. Yeah. For the actual prop, for yeah. the actual, it was. No, no, it wasn't there. So we brought that. And you then brought we, the sign. Did you put the letters so we on? Could change Tony? the letters. Did, did you, you do change it? the letters? Have you touched so, those said, letters? Yeah, yeah, we all did. Yeah. Flip I, 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 I can't remember which one I did, but I did you one. You done one God. Uh, I think it was the twats one. I'm not sure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the, oh they my were, God. they were already written. They said, "Oh, we, we need one of." Two. So you filmed all six. Oh no, in a no, row. they were loose, and we had them on double sided tape, I think, and we changed the letters round. But John Cleese, or whoever, said, "I want one that says Farty Towers, one that says Twats," and he it, may have. But I think we we. I don't know if he went into that amount of detail. Oh I, John Howard Davis was there when we were doing it, so yeah. he would you have touched had a big those letters. That's you mad. touched that sign, Tony. Sorry, you touched that sign. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your fingertips I mean, all over it. 
<laughs> well, yeah, bloody, but you did it on. without a care in the world. That's what's mad. At the time you went, oh, yeah, God, the yeah. bloody letters. I mean, uh, John Howe Davis, but I can remember one day, you know, the sequence where we're doing the uh, car breaking down and he beats, beats yeah. the car up with a branch. Yeah. yeah, of course. And the sense of timing, if you watch that again, the sense of timing with him going out, yeah, the did branch. he actually have to go and look for a branch in the no, take? No, no, no. We had oh. various. We had three or four branches there. They could just grab but one. Different ones made different reactions. I mean, if it was too small, nobody laughed. It was too big, no one. But it it was a bit like uh, the the bears and the porridge. The middle one worked really, really. Hang well. on, Tony. Well, sorry, were you were you behind the? You were there, Tony, when he did that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was driving the car in the shots where you don't see him. But the best bit, the best bit is if you ever, if you ever look at that episode again, and you see the wide, we did the wide shot first. You'll always try and do the wide shot yeah. first, particularly if it's cloudy, sunny, cloudy, sunny. We did it in a fair amount of sun. If you ever see that again, look on the camera right side, and a, there's a row of houses. A woman opens her front door looks out, watches a man who she, she doesn't know who he is, beating a car up with a big branch, and then very, very slowly closes the door. And I said to John Howard Davis, did you see that? He said, did it look all right? I said, all right, you'd never get an extra to do it that well. She thought it was real. I've never seen that. Oh, well, look I'm, again. I'm, watch, I'm watching it now. Have I'm another look. I mean, it was there now. last time I looked. But the, the, the other thing is, Having done the wide shot, we then had to do the approach shot, the semi-stall, and him getting angry, him leaving. I said to John, jump in. Right, we'll go around the corner. I've got an earpiece in. I'll be kneeling in the footwell. I'll tap you on the leg when it's time to go. He said, no, hang on a minute. I said, don't hang on a minute. You get me a bollocking. Let's go. Come on. He said, no, no, no. That's the brake. That's the accelerator. That's the clutch. I said, don't muck about. You're <laughs> He said, I oh, know. I meant to take some lessons. I haven't had any lessons. <laughs> if we'd gone across the road and killed two kids, I'd still be inside. <laughs> Tony, I've just seen the lady stick her head out the I, door. I have, I'm, I've I'm, never seen that. Yeah, well, there you go. we got to get her on the pod. Tony, can I ask that? Did did you say that he had three different types of stick? Did you try all stick, all three sticks, or did he? Yeah, we looked at. He he chose the one that worked best. But you didn't but film the other just, two. Yeah, you it just wasn't filmed that just one. the stick. It wasn't just the stick. If you look at it, it's the timing involved. Yeah, because yeah. I would have cued him in much sooner. Yeah, but he waited. It's a slight waited. delay. And then came in at the right time. Hang on, t sorry, Tony. This is really boring. So when he runs out of frame, is yeah. he just, he picks up a stick and, and he's, he's just wait and he's just choosing his moment to run back in yeah, again. He chose when oh, he went back amazing. in. That is amazing because all of us would have cued him in quicker. Oh, bloody but he, hell! It, it was having comedy timing. Honestly, this is this is heaven to me. I love the hell. fact that there were three. Now, when I see that scene, I'm going to go. There's a branch waiting for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the floor. Obviously, is someone holding yeah. it, or is some? Is it on the floor? I think. I think I was holding it. You were holding it. Yeah. Oh my god. Or a prop guy. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were all there. Have you and thought it, of having casts you, of your hands, you mate? Consider it a big <laughs> deal a, now. Back then, it was an unknown program, and it wasn't a big deal. 
I know yeah. that's what's mad about all of this. You're just going, I put the letters up, I held the stick that becomes he uses one of the most iconic British scenes of all time. Yeah. And you're going, hold on, we've only got seven minutes, get a shift on. <laughs> Right, like we all we all want to write iconic comedy scenes, Tony. When you were there, were you like, "Yeah, it's quite funny"? Next, or were you thinking <laughs> no, this is really no, funny? No, 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 because you've got to remember that you live it. You're doing a seven day week yeah. for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. Plus, you've done a month beforehand on the prep and on the yeah. ordering of the props and the yeah. booking of the extras and then the rehearsals in the rehearsal room in Acton. You know, so you've been on it for you. It rubs off. You start to behave like that. Yeah. I can remember going up to the tube uh, in in West Kent, and I said, "Like a return." He said, "Where to?" I said, "Back here, you idiot!" <laughs> where was that? Where was that um, road that he hits the car? Which one? Where, where where he... with, with the car? Yeah, what part uh, was it in was London? In Kingsbury. Kingsbury. So it's not far from Tele Centre, you know. Yeah, northwest north. London, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've been to, because I live down in Devon, Tony, so I've been, they've knocked down the original hotel. Oh, yeah. And, I, and they've knocked outside. down the one at Bourne End as well. You could burn yeah, down, yeah, yeah. But I took my family there and we parked outside for 20 minutes and, <laughs> and just stared at the space. Yeah, that, well, that, they've now built... I think it's called Manuel Towers now or something. They've, they've oh, he was, what a lovely man he was. Was he? Oh, yeah. But you, the, 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 a lot of people think he's actually Spanish. <laughs> but he, we got the most wonderful lady in to coach him on how to have a Spanish accent. Really? And she was a real lady. She was uh, basically from aristocracy. And I'd studied the Spanish Civil War. And she told me she came over in 37 or 38. And I presumed she'd left after the end of the war because she was a she was an because she was a wealthy nationalist. Oh, she got so angry. She was a Republican, and I really respected her. Right. She was a lovely, lovely lady. But Andrew, Andrew, we nearly killed him a couple of times. <laughs> no, I'm being hurts. serious. You know the scene where there's a fire rehearsal and there's yeah, a real yeah, fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes out and goes, it's fire, it's fire. Yeah. Gets slapped and pushed back into the fire. Yeah, God, I nearly did an impersonation. Well, we, Thank God we, I didn't. We got a very special jacket for him to wear, which was fireproof, so we could set fire to the petroleum jelly on his actual jacket. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's on fire. Yeah. So what we did... We rehearsed all day. Now, he'd been given this jacket, but visual effects had not told him he should only wear it for the take. And Andrew, being a consummate actor, it being bulky, wore it all day long so he could get used to it and felt natural doing the things wearing it. The result was he sweated into it because it was thick. By sweating into it, he broke down the fireproofing. So when we set him on fire, he was burning, and he no. was burning through that whole take. Wow. And when we cut, I shouted, cut, and he's screaming, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. And, and I said, hang on a minute, we've cut, we've cut. You know, no, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. <laughs> and we burnt him. Oh, shit. Wow. Um, 
What was what was everyone else like? What was it like working with um, everybody? I mean, I don't think I had a bad word with anyone. It was it, it was stressful. And the other thing is, you wanted to do it in one go for the audience. You didn't want to have to yeah. redo something in front of the audience because you'd lost yeah. that golden moment. So you would go segue right the way through if you could. But everybody, you know, the colonel, the ladies, they, they were great. He was lovely. I love, and he had some great. They, they wrote some great lines for him. I mean, what was it? Oh, I took a lady to see India once. Yeah, at the Oval. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant lines. Chuck, what were they like in rehearsals? Did you watch them sort of find their characters and their relationships, or did, yes, a they... bit? But then I was on the book a lot of the time, right? Um, and just. Because the, the second assistant was away doing props and things, so I was on the book a lot of the time. Um, there was occasionally a little stressy moments because, of course, uh, the two of them had separated by that point and uh, were living apart. Yeah. So that isn't yeah. conducive to. It worked well, and they were both they were both very professional. But occasionally, Polly would be going, what's my motivation for walking through the door now? And I can remember somebody shouting, the money. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one time she was she was thinking very hard. Genuinely, she was thinking very hard. And she'd missed her cue twice. So we had a bell on the desk. When you have a rehearsal room, you simulate. You don't yeah. have a, identical props there. Yeah. So instead of being a push bell, it was a hand bell. So John said, next time, when it's your turn to walk through the door, I'll ring the bell. And I thought, well, she's not going to miss it another time. So we get to the point. She missed her entrance. He rang the bell, and he'd been ringing it for a while before but, and she came in. But she was very cerebral. She she wanted to know the motivation and the reason for doing everything. Yeah. yeah the, oh, another time we nearly killed poor Andrew was, you know, the sequence where you've got the family staying at the hotel, and it's for a wedding. So yeah. you've got aunts and uncles and nieces yeah. and brothers. And each time he walked into a room, uh, a yeah, couple yeah, kissing, yeah. but yeah. they weren't the married couple. Yeah. So yeah. he immediately presumes they're swingers. <laughs> so that when the groom comes down to, uh, he, he needs to shave, his shaver's dead. He goes down, asks for, he's got any batteries? And he, he goes, no, I certainly haven't. I know what you want them for and you're not having them. <laughs> well, the end of that, they've all been off to the, the, meal, the wedding and the meal and they're about to walk back into the hotel. The hotel's in darkness. Basil hears something, comes yeah. downstairs. I think Manuel's looking for his rat. Oh, he attacks he him, doesn't he? a dark figure. Puts his hand inside the kitchen. Now, inside the kitchen were two large skillets. Yeah. One was a cast iron skillet and one was a plastic skillet. Now, the plastic oh, skillet was for hitting Manuel <laughs> with because it wouldn't do any harm and sound would lay the bong on as he hit him. But who's going to trust sound? Because if you do that a second time, you won't get the same laugh. So the cast iron one was used. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a treat, but I felt so sorry for Andrew. Wow. You couldn't, you'd get murdered now. you get sued now, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, I, I, I couldn't. I mean, if we were alone and you're not recording, I could tell you things that have happened on other shows that, well, n definitely would never be allowed. I mean, working inside crevasses and 
Dear God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tony, this is a little um, fancy of mine that I go back in time. I walk around the set. Can you? Yeah. Oh, can you give us a guided tour around? Yeah, the yeah. Set? Well, because I'd written that down earlier. Have you? With light entertainment and sitcoms at the Beeb and everywhere else, you'd have four or five sets across there, across the front of the studio. Yeah. Then you'd have seating for about three hundred people. Mm-hmm. Between them, you'd have the cameras. The, the the booms we don't use booms anymore but the chariot booms uh, and the monitors which were big flat top boxes i'll come back to that in a minute and that's what would happen in the audience if they couldn't see because there were too many cameras there you'd have slung monitors well 40 towers was the first show ever that had double banked sets there was a row of sets behind the front set of sets what's that mean sorry uh, and the, sorry to, to set as in there'd be a row of sets and then sets behind them so you, so you could yeah. only see it on the, the audience couldn't see the ones yeah. behind but so they were used for the lesser scenes oh. but then of course not only did they have double bank sets, which, which was the first time ever i think that had been done they had an upstairs yeah so you'd oh, see right. people going upstairs and then you'd particularly in the sequence where the the family were there for the wedding the and about thought they were swingers. You see them go upstairs and not only do they go upstairs, they go in and out of various rooms. Hang on, Tony. What am I looking at? If he, when he runs up the stairs from the lobby, yeah. that, that obviously stops there. No. Really? No, no. What? There's a set of rooms up there. So the set is on top of the set. Yeah. Yeah. Oh a, my God. God. We've done it. <laughs> Because if you remember the line about what you expect to see a herd of wildebeest going across the Serengeti, that I think was done on the upper level. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow, because I was talking to Joe about this earlier. I said, oh, they must have had another set and he has to pretend to run up. And But I yeah, guess that's no, no, where you get real. that momentum of him running around. It, it had to be real because yeah. the timing would get knackered otherwise. Well, I, said, I said quite firmly to David, it, they would have had to have cut. They would have repositioned the camera. So, but none of that. So, there would have been a camera set up there. Oh yeah. So he yeah. ran up, and then they oh. just switched to that yeah. camera. Yeah, you you would cut. He'd be going up the stairs, and as he turned on the landing, you'd cut to the next shot, and he'd come up to the door, open the door, oh, and God. have an exchange with somebody. That was the first time we we'd ever, and I don't think they've done it much since. Is there any pictures of it anywhere? Would anyone oh, have bound take... to be? I haven't got any. I wish to God I'd kept my scripts with all the notes. Oh was... my god! But that also goes for Darwin, Kloshmal, Dave Allen, all the other stuff. You work with Dave? Sorry, I'm jumping yeah. about, but yeah. I used to love the Dave Allen. I'm very show. old. <laughs> Tony, um, what would have happened to that set? Did they just burn it. It's not stored somewhere. Uh, they they may have, put, but the problem is, it's cheaper to, to destroy a set and remake it rather than store it very sets very few sets nowadays get stored because the storage costs are so high oh right of course oh. and you'd have had continuity notes anyway so you could recreate whatever there was oh, oh i mentioned the big square flat top monitors a while ago oh i i, I occasionally have given talks at the national film and television school and I also used to train people up at Sky. And one of one of the stories I would tell was that you never, ever, ever put your script down. 
reason being was I remember one time where I, and the other thing, of course, is that you would have to do the warm up. You didn't have a warm up man back in what? those days. Who did? You, you did. You were you walked out and you were told make them laugh. What you or John Cleese? And just get them going. What you, Tony? Yeah. Anyway, I'd gone out. I'd I'd you crossed done the over that. Safety. That sounds insane. I, I'd done the health and safety. I I still do it. I'd done the health and safety. I'd um, introed all of the cast. And I was down to the last person to intro, and it was Bernard Cribbins. Wow. Bernard Cribbins. Now, Bernard Cribbins, I know he's... And the other thing I told everybody is to, before you start introing people, make sure they're there. Because there's nothing worse than introing somebody and they huge applause and no one comes out. You look a total wallet. Anyway, yeah. I knew he was there. I checked that everybody was there before I went out to intro them. Uh I looked towards the blacks where I knew he'd come from, and he put his head through the blacks and put his tongue up and went back. At that moment, his name vanished from my brain. <laughs> my script, which I'd put on a monitor, these big flat-top monitors, had been trucked somewhere else. Right. So I filled for about nine minutes saying, and now, ladies and gentlemen, for a man who needs no introduction whatsoever, <laughs> a man who, who, you know, of stage, screen and theatre, a man who's appeared before the crowned heads of Europe, he's appeared before the Prince of Wales, the Duke of Connell, and most other pubs in West London. And I kept going, <laughs> going, going. And at the end, I found my script. I said, do you know who we're talking about, ladies and gents? Let's hear it large. The Bernard Cribbins! And they went mental. <laughs> he came out. It worked like a treat. And at the end of the show, he came up. He said, Tony, that's the best intro I've ever had in my life. And I didn't have the heart to tell him it's because I couldn't remember his bloody name. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I've, got, I've got a question, Joe. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, we're in the lobby. You take me round the back of the reception desk. I'm standing where Basil Forty stands. If I look down, what am I looking at? What's yeah, down below, there below behind the, the desk? Uh, if you're behind the desk looking yeah. out to where the punters would be, yeah. you are looking at about three cameras, yeah. a sound chariot with those big flat top things you stood on to move the boom. And behind that was the serried ranks of 300 audience. And what's, what's under the desk? Just scripts? You just... Like drinks and maybe a couple of bits and pieces, a glass yeah. or something, but nothing yeah. much. No, I remember reading. He said they did. I don't know if you were working that night, but they did um, one episode where it died on its ass, and he found out there were tourists that didn't understand. I don't think I was on that one. That may right. have been in the second series. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. I honestly don't remember that. How. <sighs> How long were the recordings? And while they were going on, were you watching this going, did you have the opportunity to go, this is unbelievably funny? Or were you just in your professional mode? I, I had mode? the opportunity to feel that, but they were so busy. I mean, if you look at some of those, particularly the one with the family, yeah, uh, quite a lot of the time I was running from one place to the next going, Q, run, oh wait, my God. Uh, because a lot of that timing is down to me. And you're you the genius behind it, Tony. <laughs> huh? 
You're the bloody genius behind well, it's your no, documentary. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just, the, I'm just the, you know. But, no, but, but you had a bloody big role in it. I can't believe it. How stressful was it, Jenny, when you look back and you go, uh, you're 25? If I look back now, I'd be lying to say I didn't get stressed. I mean, and you're young certainly as well. beforehand, um, I, but that was true of all. I mean, you treated it as live. All right, it wasn't yeah. live. It was, it was recorded as live. Yeah, and no one, none of the cameras, none of the sound, me, vision, nobody wanted to make a mistake. You wanted to do, a you like the people, and you, you didn't want to make a mistake. And so, yeah. did you most of the time? Did you say you did one take, or did you do a cover take as well? Quite often, it was one take, and that was it. You didn't do pickups, or you went, we've got it. You very grudgingly would do an odd pickup. That's amazing. Usually, that doesn't make any sense to me. You go, we've well, got yeah, that. That's remember, mad. I mean, so... it was a different world, then. and it was on you film. Would I rehearse suppose, it for a week. All the artists would know their lines. You would know which set you were going on to, where people needed to be, and at what time you needed to cue them. Um, everybody had done their homework. I mean, if look sideways, look at um, Old Grey Whistle Test. Old Grey Whistle Test was live. Absolutely right. live. You'd That's have it. a band in there. Whispering Bob Harris would sit in the corner. You'd cue him. He'd intro a band. The band played live. You came back to Bob Harris. He'd throw to a VT. In the three-minute VT, you got the band out, all the band kit out, and that's a big drum set and all the guitars. You'd get the next band in, their gear in, and you would cue Bob, and in three minutes, he would then turn around and cue the next band, and they would play. Yeah. No one would dare do that. No, that's, that's madness. That's madness. No one would do that. Was there lots of mistakes? Was there lots of, like, someone last minute putting a drum in that the audience would no, see? Or no, really? no. Really? I sort happened. of love all that. I like Mind you, I do remember one time we, we couldn't find the director. And uh, we went live without the director. So the PA's counting, the vision mixer's cutting, I'm the floor manager, I'm queuing. And we're 20 minutes in and 20 minutes in a hand comes up on top of the monitor stack and then another hand and the director pulled himself up who was, who was a bit drunk and said what's going on and they went don't worry it's all fine and he fell back down nobody reported <laughs> it sorted uh, so have, have you done much live telly oh yeah loads what uh, it, the, the on, I, I've, got, I've still got some 40 yeah, yeah, I've got to ask about this. Did, stuff must have got, that must have been thrilling. And did stuff go wrong where you just, what, what were there stuff where you go, we just got to carry on that, Matt, that person stood in the way. But, but if it's just... live, you carry on. Yeah. And you don't argue. You don't, you, you just carry on. If you start arguing and you're on a live show, the whole lot's going to fall over. Is there anything mad that happened where you went like, oh, well, there you go. That's, uh, yeah. that, that's gone yeah. out to the nation. I mean, you can argue about it when you're off air, but just get it, get on with it. I don't know. That's that's not good for the ticker, so, though, must be it? so well, Zed Cars used to be live. What did? Zed Cars. Yeah. Zed Cars. You'd have two people rocking the side panel so the car looks like it's moving. You'd have a back projection screen, and the actors would have their script on the dashboard. <laughs> and the camera would be looking at them through the windscreen. <laughs> if you really wanted to hack them off or they really pissed you off, you could always pick their script. Wow. Well, Tony, sorry, like, John Cleese was, 
obviously like a comedy genius, one of the greats. Was he sort of impressive to be in his company around that time? In in many ways, he was a humble guy. I mean, he 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 didn't accept people who weren't up to the grade for doing the job. But and that sounds stern, but I respect that. Mm. There shouldn't be anybody on that who can't cut the mustard. Mm. And that that I respect. It, uh, yeah, how confident would you be speaking to him, David, on chat? Sorry, what? I was just saying to David how how confident he would be speaking to him on this podcast if if he doesn't accept below <laughs> par. It'd be all right, wouldn't he, Tony? No, no, he'd be. I think he'd be. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I get on with him well. I like him. I respect him. Um, and it, the, the recent thing he's done, the Dino Hour, where he got to choose all the guests and the location. He chose a castle in Essex. He said he needed 16 cats on the set. Um, and my oh, he's first lost his instruction <laughs> before I shouted action was release the cats. Um, and he, he chose some great guests. He had Caitlin Jenner, he had Stephen Fry, he had Tim Rice. Um, yeah, and, and quite a few people who aren't in the public eye, but who had phenomenal things to say. There was this wonderful hairdresser, who, uh, very sorry, I can't remember her name, who was totally whose life was totally wrecked by the press a member of the press went up befriended her and then wrote terrible things about her which weren't true she ended up uh, attempting suicide i think or she was totally depressed and eventually decided to sue the papers and she sued and won and not only did she sue and win they weren't allowed to put it on page 12. They had to put it on the same page they put it out in, in the same size type print. Quite an amazing story. Wow. No, it was, it's a good series. Right. Worth yeah, watching. I'm definitely watching that one. What else do you want to know about 40 Towers, David? This is, this is, this is I, your... Well, the, the original exterior building... Yeah, uh, the, the uh, that used for the exterior shots. When I go through the front door there, what what was I looking at then in there? Uh, you would be looking at the hallway and a set of stairs going up, right. roofs off either side. And uh, I went up the stairs, turned round, and the room directly above reception was the boardroom, which had that big table, right. totally covered in huge amounts of money. Who designed the Forty Towers interior? Who designed that? Uh, I can't remember. I mean, it's the credits. Would they have done it in close relationship with John Cleese? Oh, yeah. They would have gone through it in in great detail. Um, You can check it by looking on the credits. I should remember, but I don't. It was 50 years ago. Unbelievable. Where where were the studios? Where did you do it? At Telecentre. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've probably been in the room then that they filmed. Yeah. Well, in the studio, yeah. Oh. I think it may have been TC8. I'm not sure. It was, not one, it was one of the big ones. There were five big ones and three little ones. Are they the ones that are st- Oh, you probably won't know. Are they the ones that are still there? Because some are still there and some are gone, aren't they? Uh, one and three are still there. One, two and three are still there, I think. Are they quite I small? Don't think, they? I think it was eight where we did it. I'm not sure. I think it was round, round, further round. It might have been. Yeah. How was he as a performer, John Cleese? Was he relaxed on the night or...? Oh, he knew he's. Ah, oh, no, no. He was. He was. He was a consummate professional. He knew exactly which scene he was in, how how it worked, where the laughs were, how to get the laughs. I mean, 
uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no nervousness because he knew what he was doing. God, but then that's true of anyone. That's true of a cameraman. That's true of sound. It's if yeah. you're on top of your game, you're good at what you do. You yeah. shouldn't be nervous because you you know you've done your homework. You've yeah. done your rehearsals, so the actual night should go well. I remember hearing that he played to the camera, not to the audience, on the night. Is that right? His performance. Yeah, but I think he has the... to. I think yeah, he has for the people to. at home. Yeah, you've got to. You're playing yeah. to a huge. But it must be hard play, play not to, to react the, to the, the people. The audience he's playing to is the audience behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. They're the people who are important. The three hundred in there, are, 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 you know, are, are to give the laughs, real laughs, but they're not that important. When you see it not being done like that, it's it really yeah. does feel it. I'm thinking of something that. I'm not so much say what it is, but yeah, you feel distant to it then, don't you? Yeah. If you're if you if he's not playing to the camera today. And were there big laughs on the night? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean what you hear is what you hear. Yeah. That, that I mean the laughter is real. They didn't tweak yeah. the laughter. We didn't pour canned laughter on it. You didn't set up the rat, did you, that ran across the floor? I think that was in the next series. Oh, okay. No. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to think what like you say, what what bits, like details like that, that would be interesting to... Yeah, any um, iconic moments that you remember, Tony? Well, I'm just looking was... at my... I mean, it's different. I mean, I I love the Colonel. I mean, he, he was great. I mean, yeah. That, that line about I took India... Or, or his chat with the moose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Manuel's bending yeah. down behind the desk yeah. rehearsing his English. Yeah. I speak English very well. And, of course, he looks at the moose <laughs> and has a long conversation with the moose. And he turns up and he says, if, if you had that long, I've just bought it. Which you had that long? <laughs> no, 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 locally. Oh. Well, I said to David earlier, what's mad about him is, in my head, he's just a like, mad old man. But obviously... <laughs> He's a very good actor because I, I think he's one of those characters. Actor. I mean, to, to give those lines and to get those laughs, you've yeah. got to be, I mean, it was excellent. <laughs> but it, but it, it's sort of it sounds it would just not feel like acting. You go, it's like a mad man. Yeah. That's oh yeah. On the well, set hang on, and, that's yeah, the best acting you can get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It but it's like only... he's acting, then he's got to be good. What about Miss? Same with Miss Tibbs and that. Oh, <laughs> they yeah. felt like yes. they just walked on set. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mr. Fulgy, Mr. Fulgy. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or, or Miss Penoir, yeah. the French lady. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I sort of fancied her. Yeah. Yeah, we all did. Oh, and the Germans. You didn't work on the German episode. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't just work on it. I cast the Germans because I'd just done a series called Vibita for BBC Language Series. Amazing. So when... Uh, John Howe Davis said, who are we going to cast as these Germans? I said, leave it to me. I'll cast them. I know people who will be stunning. He said, get them in. We'll, re you know, have a look at them. And I can tell you the names now without looking at it paperwork no. because I'd got on with them so well. There was uh, Milo Sperber and Vili Bowman. They were the two <laughs> main ones. And they spoke perfect English because they've been here since 37, but they still had their original Austro-German accents, wow. and they were perfect. Wow. And I do re they came over in the kinder transport, of course, from, I think, one from Berlin or one from, um, one from Munich, one from Vienna, I mm. think. 
and I can, and of course they were Jewish because they'd come on the kinder transport. Mm. And I remember, and this isn't a joke, this is a true story. We were filming one of the smaller studios, I think Studio 7 on the German language. And as we came out and walked into the tea bar and you'd have um, six, seven and eight, six and eight were big studios, seven were small. We were coming out the small studio into the shared tea bar and there was a German drama in six and two SS officers came goose stepping out of the studio into the tea bar. And the two of them froze like rabbits in headlights oh, and God. froze for a very long time. And I, my, my blood ran cold because I could, I could imagine what they mm. were thinking. Mm. Oh. Wow. So, so you were there when he goose stepped his way across the lobby. Yeah. And I love that you were actually in professional mode. So you weren't really watching. Well, <laughs> you were the, the thing is, just thinking about the next cue. Yeah. <laughs> I work in sport as well. I work on football. Yeah. I used to support Wimbledon. But when to. all the wheels fell off and they became two separate teams <laughs> yeah. in different places, I stopped following Wimbledon. So yeah. now I say I'm the most professional floor manager on sport because if my team's playing, I'm not watching them. Yeah. And it's a bit like that. Yeah. If you're spending your time watching these wonderful things that are happening, you're not thinking about your next sequence, your next set, your next set of props and your next set of cues. And if you do that, you're going to crack. You're like the stewards at the game looking the other way. Tony, have you ever been able to enjoy the series? Can you distance yourself enough to actually enjoy? Or no, you not really, because you're in it. Oh. You're, you're a bit of it, or you know. Yeah, you 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 you, have, you will have moments when you've got less things to do and you can pay attention, but most of the time you're thinking about what happens next. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing your job. So when you watch it, you go, "Oh yeah, I was a bit about half a second late on." Oh yeah, I there. mean, for instance, if I watch the builders, Mister Orally. Oh yeah. Mr. Not O'Reilly, Mr. Orally. <laughs> As Manuel said, yeah. Mr. Orally. You know, and they start banging the wall. We had 20 people behind that bit of set, and it still bloody wobbled. <laughs> yeah, I love all that, though. It's great. There is a bit of wobbling in 40 yeah, times, but it's no, so good that you don't give a shit. And the audience no. love that, of course, because they can see the 20 people behind the set. <laughs> Yeah. Michael, is there anything else like that that I was just want to like send that for me is a particular highlight going, oh, the logistics of that scene was 20 people holding wall. Is there anything else like that you can tell us like that where you go, this is the reality of filming this scene or this moment? Well, I, I can remember certainly with the wedding one, because you'd got two oh, rows yeah. of sets, one row facing the audience and another row behind that. I was quite often running as quick as I could to get to the next set to queue. And I can remember having arrived, then being told that the psych is billowing. And what? I realized what was happening was that I was running so fast that I was causing <laughs> right. a, a, an air billow, as it were. <laughs> I had to moderate How fast were you speed. running? <laughs> Are you breaking land speed records? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's such a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I can't get my head around you film for, I don't know, guessing like three hours and you just captured this magic that's just lasted for years. I just can't believe it. That's what one take does my head in. I can't go, believe yeah. it. Most of it was one take. But then 
It had to be one take, because if you redo a lot of that stuff, you'll still get a laugh. But it's not going to be the laugh when it's fresh. But generally, yeah. they're on studio. You tell they anybody did... a joke twice, they're not going to laugh much the second but time. But on studio mm. stuff no, now, they, they sort of do to cover. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They get like a cover performance, don't they, David? Like it's yeah. just like a, a thing because they can. But then it was like, was it something to do like also because it was film as well? So if you got all, if you got seven cameras, all it's quite costly, I should imagine. Film. Well, no, no, it wasn't film. It was film on location, but that was only one camera. Oh, I suppose it was all on location. You'd have one camera. And you do sequence by sequence, not necessarily in the right order, but you would do it. But in studio, it was video. So if you look, you will notice a, a slight quality slight change. change. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah. But, but the public don't notice. You've no, got that thin well. silver thread running through. <laughs> but in yeah. the studio, we'd probably have five, sometimes six, sometimes seven cameras, depending on whether we had an upstairs or not. I was just thinking, what? So, what were the episodes you did? You did the Germans? You did, did the Germans? Did you do Wardour Salad, which I've always loved? Yeah, I did that. You did Wardour Salad? Yeah, did yeah. you? We're fresh out of Wardours. Yeah. <laughs> what what, what, si what shaped chips do you want, Sonny? Battle shaped shaped chips? Oh yeah. Uh, so you you went to that little restaurant. You filmed the exteriors there. Yeah. Fresh yeah. out of Wardours. <laughs> how many times how many takes did you do where he put his hands in the in the blancmange to look for the not many not many <laughs> well, uh, that that was that was that, that was duck surprise that yeah episode. yeah yeah that's right. yeah well, what's the surprise there isn't any duck <laughs> <laughs> oh bloody hell so good i just remember the waldorf salad guy just how brilliantly annoyed he was yeah, 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 like yeah, he was yeah. sort of still and annoyed, you know. Like he was, he wasn't sort of overplaying it. I just that was so brilliant about it. He was just sort of it was, no, no, it was believable. Yeah, it was over yeah. the top, but believable. Yeah, the minute it stops being believable, believable, you break that thin silver thread. Yeah, Tony, Tony, we had Keaton Henson on the podcast, a musician, and his dad is Nicky Henson. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So did you did that episode then with Nicky Henson? I can't remember now. I think maybe I did. Where he, a... he goes and he goes to hide in the the room. I don't know if I did. I can't oh, with well, a psych that's a psychiatrist, isn't it? That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I did that one. I think that was in the second series. Right. I don't think right. you can get what your shirt wider, more wider open than that. When yeah. You had, you know, is it yellow yeah, shirt? Pretentious that... moi. <laughs> 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 I loved him so much. Oh God, it's so. Uh... And can I ask a question? Did the set then, so obviously rehearse for a week, film it, uh, then oh, well, well, pull well. the set. We rehearsed in a rehearsal room in Acton in the BBC's rehearsal block, which is now no longer there. That was a stunning place. Every other floor had a special sponge floor for dancers. We didn't need that, of course. But what you do is you get different coloured tapes a tape measure, and you would mark out on these large rooms exactly where each room was, where the reception was, where the room behind reception was, where the bar was, where the breakfast room was, where the kitchen was. You'd mark them all out on the floor in different colored tapes. You would then, at every doorway, 
put a, a piece of metal that could hold a post and a post in so you'd know exactly where all the doorways were wow. and then you would rehearse there for a week and then you'd go into the studio and it would be exactly the same amazing but you wouldn't have all the props you would have in the actual studio you'd have things that a similar shaped desk and a bell maybe you rang rather than you hit but yeah you'd have everything there so that you could rehearse the business tony you can't you can't answer this question but if we transported back in time and you took me on that set would i think oh it's not as big as i thought it was no was probably it? not i mean you you you'd go on set with friends and i don't think yeah, no one ever said that no right okay they they, they would be intrigued to as because quite often you wouldn't know that if you're sitting in the audience, you can see the geography and the disposition of every room. Yeah. But when you're cutting from camera to camera, occasionally you see people walk from one room to another. So you get a gist of the geography. Yeah. But no, quite often they'd just be intrigued to as where everything was, particularly yeah. but even if it was somebody in the business, they'd be very intrigued that there was a double row of sets and an upstairs because that, that I don't know if that had ever been done. And maybe it had been done in a drama, but certainly not in a sitcom. That'll definitely make me look at it differently now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope I don't spoil it because I go oh. and watch all... Well, I don't... I haven't got a telly. Um, oh, I'll get you one. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't gamble, I don't take drugs, I don't take sugar, and I haven't got a telly now. Because if I did all the things I was doing in what the do 60s and 70s, <laughs> I'd have died in the 90s. <laughs> right, okay. It's, right. Um, yeah. What are your must? It must have a vice. What's your? Well, I've had too many wives. Oh well, yeah, fair right. enough. I can't. I was going to say I'll send you a Tobrone, but I can't. <laughs> if you wanted a Tobrone. I've got one. Yeah. I'm not going to have. Yeah, that's where well, that's one one weakness. I'm not very. I should have been a lot better at relationships, but in this business, you put it all into the job and not into the relationship, and I'm sorry for that. I should have done that a lot better. The sets changed, didn't they, between the first and the second? I remember well, there was the I odd didn't new. Do the second, I was asked yeah. to go to South America to do the filming on the Beagle, so I went off to South America. Do you sometimes right. think wish you'd done the second series off? Uh, yes, I probably would, but yeah. but I couldn't turn down filming all the way, you know, around South America. Mm. No, that particularly was... in the seventies. I mean, South America in the seventies was wasn't like another continent it was like another planet yeah and you were what late 20s then no i was mid 20s mid 20s i wow. was 20 i get runners at 24 25 i think it was 24 25 then. amazing i mean it, it's a different world now you would get accepted if you if you said you could do something and you look like you could do something <laughs> they'd let you do something mm. i mean i was I think I was 19 years old when I was stage managing a number one tour in Scotland. Really? Yeah. I was, I was working on a bouncy castle. No one, no one, no one would ever let anyone of 19 do that now. No, I yeah. think I agree with them. And the wonderful thing was I lied to get the job. I I was working in a, a travel agency uh, uh, as a... Uh, uh, as an accountant, and I hated it. 
my my father had died of cancer my mother had got cancer and i thought i'd have to bring my kid sisters up and then my mother went into remission and got better and then i was off the hook by bad then i'd left school to do a job to earn money and i was doing a job i hated and i thought what am i going to do and i applied for a, a job uh to howard and windham's to do a theater job and i had done nothing in the, i'd done amateur but i'd done nothing in the professional theater and they said, what have you done? And I, I had a friend of mine who worked at the Royal Court. And I said, well, I've worked at the Royal Court. I worked on this, 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 this. He said, what were the problems? We've got problems with scenery on this. We've got problems with actors on that. I got the job. I get up there and I find out that I'm stage managing it. I hadn't got a clue. <laughs> I, I immediately thought, well, the best thing I can do is be very rude to everyone then nobody will want to talk to me. And if nobody talks to me, they won't know I haven't got a clue. But I did get on with the elect stage electrician uh, and I bought them drinks. And I can remember being at the tech night. I'm on stage being shadow. And they were saying things like, it's the second AA on button two on. I didn't know what an AA was. I didn't know what a button was. But the spark was putting his thumb up or thumb down. And I got through it. Wow. <laughs> mind you, mind you, this is true as well. At the end of that, I stayed on to do the Edinburgh Festival. And I stayed in the same digs with some of the same people. And I got a postcard, not even a letter. I got a postcard. This is 67, 67, something like that. Dear Tony, I'm pregnant. Please send me 200 pounds so I can attend the London Clinic. And the London Clinic had a psychiatrist that could state that the lady in question was mentally unfit to have a child and therefore they could do the abortion. That was 200 pounds. I only had 98 pounds, which I did send her. And I asked my mum for the rest. She said, what is it? what's it for? I said, I can't tell you in that case. She said, I know full well what it's for. You make your bed, you lie in it and put the phone down. I remember being at Christmas, I was doing pantomime at Richmond Theatre, and I walked into the station one night and bumped into a spark who'd been up there. And I said to him, here, you'll never guess what. He said, oh, no, you didn't give that silly cow 200 pounds as well. Did you? <laughs> you grow up quick in the theatre. <laughs> She's on the coming. pod next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's uh, that, that really sideswiped me. That I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, that's sad." <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Tony, it's just this has been so amazing. Just, oh, good, good. Yeah, you're Honestly. like a time, you're like a time machine. I think we mean Joe well, yeah, spoke they about me the dinosaur. No, it's a big compliment. Just I, being I able still to take do us the old there. warm up and the odd show. Yeah. Really? You what, got it, to, uh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, you, you, do you still do, uh, do the same stuff? Do you still? Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I do sport. Um, I, I've done, I haven't done drama for a couple of years, but yeah, I've done, uh, you pay me, I do it. I just want to a see you do A lot of jobs, grey hair is the time to sack someone. But if yeah. you've got grey hair and you're still working, you must know what you're doing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, very grey, so that suddenly panicked me. Yeah, because I don't really. I can't think of anything else. Here's a question. It's not you a very good. Belt, one, you got but... a belting final question, Dave. Yeah, go on. Not really, but the difference between John Cleese when he was in his thirties when you worked with him and when you worked with him recently, did he feel like the same man? Yeah, he did. Good question. Good he question. did. He did. Um, we we get on very well. 
Yeah. Um, but I still have, I, I, I still do not push the boundaries too far. Um, yeah. no, he's, he is the same guy. He's, he's got the same sense of timing. Yeah. And quite often he'll go, no, I'm not going to walk in from that direction. I'm going to come in from here. And he's always, he's normally always right. Mm. And um, Best instincts yeah. you've ever come across, do you think? Best Sorry? Comedy in, best comedy instincts you've ever yeah. worked with? Well, yeah, it, I'm looking at it from what they say in the business is you should never give the first assistant a director's job because the first assistant knows all the pitfalls and the places where you shouldn't go. Yeah. Whereas the director should go in those places. Right. Ah, what a lovely little yeah. Little little things. Little bow. It's a lovely little bow at the end there. Your 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 mic's very low to me. Oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he does that a lot. <laughs> it's not my mic, it's the fact I'm nowhere near it's like that. Yeah, well that, sure. that does help. Yeah. <laughs> and that's we... a lovely little bow on top <laughs> yeah. of the bow. Yeah, should we start again? Because I feel like I haven't been involved. Now everybody uses radio mics. Back in the day, during rehearsals, we had chariot booms. We had chariot booms swinging from one person to another or being equidistant with a mic swinging backwards and forwards as people spoke. But not only did we have to do that, we had to do that and check the lighting because we couldn't have shadows right the way across oh, someone's God. face. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was it was a busy old time. Oh, I remember oh, there's a, quite a few productions where you go, oh, there's the boom. I think <laughs> yeah. there's some in 40 Towers. Up there may be. Yeah, there, may there be. definitely is, Tony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there probably are. But then you it was worth keeping that tape rather than yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. No one cares about a yeah. And I think that would be John's call as well. Yeah. Funny's funny, isn't it? Even with a bit of boom on it. Yeah, who cares? No, yeah. not that. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. It's been brilliant. Hey, you're welcome, mate. Yeah, it's so good. Else, I'll give you a bell. Oh, Absolutely. honestly, that feels like a little um, make a wish uh, thing. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> make a wish little bucket list. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. Hey, if you think of any other questions, just let me know. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. Yeah, I've got a busy week. I'm working all week this week. So, what are you doing? Um, I've got a couple of political things to do. I've got some golf and I think I've got football. I haven't looked that far ahead. What, football what are you working you on football? What football huh? do you do? Oh, I work for Sky. You do? I'm freelance, so I work for Sky. I occasionally work for IMG. Do you do some of the live games? No, they're all live. Yeah, I know, but do you work on some of them? Like, yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, wow. there's another pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Christmas Day and Boxing Day, I'm doing 12-hour days at Sky on NFL. Oh, what the matter? Where did you find the energy, Tony? <laughs> so I'm shattered. <laughs> yeah, we're having a lie down after this. Yeah. You're working on a, on match at, nah, a mean, big match. I've always done it. I've always been like this. Yeah, you're, bi you're also, built Also, it's double money. Yeah. Oh, that little bit of double bubble never hurts. Yeah. Does it? <laughs> Maybe we can get you on again if you're up for talking... <laughs> Love to talk about I mean, live well, football. I did do, uh, earlier this year, I did one about Steptoe. I did one about Top of the Pops and one about Eurovision. What, like a, right. a podcast or a show? No, it went out on a channel somewhere. Oh, wow. I, I've had various people come up and go, I saw you on telly. I go, oh, right, I can't remember. I haven't got a telly. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done everything from covert filming 
uh, yeah, I, I got rung up one night in a in a in a studio in Soho doing a, a corporate for the electricity council, and this bloke said, "Are you available tomorrow? You think you knew I was available?" I said, "Yeah." This is about midnight. He said, "Can you be on the Scottish borders at nine o'clock?" I, I said, "Yeah, I can do that." He said, "Can you pick up a kit at Grip House?" I said, "Yeah, I can do that." I said, "Who are you?" He said, "Oh, NBC." Oh, I thought that's good. Maybe a trip across the pond to America. Okay, fine. Okay, so he gave me a grid ref. So I went off to Grip House, had something to eat, got in the car, drove up to the Scottish borders, had a kit for about an hour and a half. Then I could hear all the other cars pulling up, so I got out. And they're all very clipped accents. I've just bought a new house in Knightsbridge. And I went, hey, guys, no American accents? He said, why should that be? I said, NBC. He said, I'm terribly sorry, old bean. Nuclear, biological, and chemical warfare. <laughs> oh, that NBC. Shit. We were filming one slept. day in Porton Down in the dangerous pathogens lab. And this bumblebee flew in through the window, got halfway across the room and died. I said, I think we're going to film somewhere else now. <laughs> Did you do Top of the Pops? Yeah, hundreds of them. Top of the Pops in black and white in Lime Grove Studio. And Lime Grove was, was an amazing place. That's been bulldozed for over 30 years. It's houses now. And I remember doing uh, uh, Charles Aznavour there. And uh, the day before, we were blocking shots and things. And the floor manager, I was the assistant, the floor manager said, oh, uh, get, get props to bring one of the grand pianos up from the first floor. So I went down to get props. And they went, there aren't any there. I said, don't be stupid. There's two grand pianos. No, there's no, so I went, there's no grand pianos. Where's the grand pianos? And the guy on security said, oh, well, Pantechnicum with a uh, load of blokes in brown coats came round and took them away. They nicked them. They were stolen. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. The other great one at Telecentre was the bank used to be in the horseshoe, yeah. in the car park. And they'd have a lot of money in there, particularly on payday. And one day, these guys with balaclavas drove up to the barrier. They lifted the barrier. They drove in. They robbed the bank. And then they drove out. And they opened the barrier for them. And when they were asked, they said, well, we thought it was filming. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a tall story. <laughs> you would, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. They were doing that the shop, time, you know, you? the blue, You'd have explosions <laughs> in the Blue Peter Garden and all sorts. You never went in the Blue Peter Garden, did you? What? Did you ever go in the Blue Peter Garden? Oh, God, yeah. I worked on Blue Peter loads. I mean, did you? You went in the garden? I went in it last week. Blue did Peter? You? Yeah, Manchester. Ah, but Blue Peter, used. Biddy would sit at a desk at the end of this long room and all the staff used to sit facing her, like in a schoolroom. And I always turn up at 10 or 10.30, which I thought was fair because quite often I'd be there till 8 o'clock at night. And I remember a couple of people came up and said, Biddy doesn't like it if you're coming late. <laughs> right. okay. okay. Anyway, I carried on coming. The following week, um, if you did anything in the Blue Peter Garden, there were about 30 different groups at the Beep you had to get hold of because you had to sky your cables 
over the roadway because there was a roadway between the studio and the garden. You then had to contact sound. You had to contact cameras. You had to contact, I think we were using visual effects. We had to contact house services. We had to contact the canteen. And I had all these people ringing me up going, is everything fine? I said, yeah, why? Oh, Biddy's just been on checking. And she, she, she I was very lucky. I'd, I'd crossed all the T and dotted all the I's. Right, right. That, that did tell me that I had to be bloody careful if I'm yeah. going to be cheeky. You weren't the one who'd vandalised it, were you? No, 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 no. no. One, that's one of. <laughs> that's sacrilege. Les Ferdinand, yeah. wasn't it? Les yeah, Ferdinand. Was, no, it was <laughs> rumoured. It was Les Ferdinand. It was Les Ferdinand. <laughs> oh, no, God. So, I feel like I'm going to ask you, well, you did you do that? And you'll go, yeah, I did. <laughs> you didn't do record breakers, did you? Yeah. I'll tell you what about record breakers. His son, his son was doing all the music for the Dino Hour. So I worked with his son, Roy Castle's wow. son, um, in, in the last few months. He's a consummate mus- musician, really nice guy. And Roy, what a lovely bloke. Was he oh, really? Oh, he, he was one of the nicest people in oh, telly. He really, really. Dave Allen was another lovely one. Was he really? Yeah. I was obsessed with Dave Allen. Show. He used to give me a bollocking every morning because he'd go, you bust, you've cut me up again. I had a big red motorbike and he used to come in from Richmond and I'd come in from Hammersmith. And every morning, apparently, I cut him up. I don't remember. <laughs> he did his own stunts as well, of course. Is he? Dave Allen, yeah. The original Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Jumping into lakes in February, yeah. So you did lots of children's TV as well then? Yeah, oh, you did Grain Chill, did you? Okay. Yeah, I only did a couple of days on Grain Chill because you did. I was That's doing, a... <laughs> I was doing amazing. Oh, I was doing Children of Green No, Children of Green No, box of, I was doing Box of Delights. Box of Delights, yeah. <laughs> I was doing, that got that seven birthdays. I was doing Box of Delights, and a strike happened, uh, and we stopped filming for a little while. But then there were a few days on Grange Hill where they didn't need props, so I went down and did that. Right. I genuinely think this could go on for four or five hours, this episode. <laughs> I, I've got to be honest, I need a piddle. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll in a minute. I'm supposed to be having lunch in town, but uh, she hasn't told me which restaurant, so we'll wait and see. Well, I said it before, I'll say it again. I bloody loved it, Tony. Thank yeah, you so good. much. For, Thank you, It's Tony. been yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. So much insight. Yeah, I don't, and I didn't need to make any of it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd love it no. if you said at the end, and I made one bit up, and you never told us what bit. So we never yeah. knew uh, what bit you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. Well, it's been brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Been brilliant. So good. Thank you, Tony. Very welcome, guys. Pleasure. Brilliant. And you need anything else, give me a shout. Or any Definitely. other program, give me a shout. Oh, fantastic. Cheers, man. Thank Bless. you, Tony. Have a good day. Love you to meet you. you. Yeah, have yeah. a lovely lunch. Cheers. Yeah. Take care. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.